to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. This week, we're talking about U19, and we are joined by our guest today, Slow Beef. Hey! Hey, how are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Uh, we talked about it in the warm-up audio, but you are now the third certified something awful Let's Play legend. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that website is or <laughs> if you're talking about. or Sounds you know. awful. He's like, you're confusing me for sloth poultry. <laughs> I got it. Oh, I, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Literally made that joke and explained it to you last night at movie night. You did? I'm really concerned. Yes. You did. You did. What yes, movie yes, were you yes. watching where I came up? <laughs> the thing. Oh, there you go. It's appropriate then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we do a monthly movie night, which you're, of course, welcome to join. So my goal, though, is right now is we do a poll and I'm trying to make the hardest to decide poll. And I got really close this time where it was actually a one vote difference. Uh, it was nine votes for one and eight for the other. Clue versus who framed Roger Rabbit. I'm excited for that one. I'm down to watch either movie, but damn. But yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, no, slow beef. Uh, all we need now is diabetes. We will have completed the good. Good luck getting that guy. The, the quadernity. Yeah, <laughs> I hear he hates manga. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we do, too. Actually, it's perfect. Yeah, he's, he's too big for us now. He went all Hollywood, I heard. Something like that. <laughs> By the way, slow beef. Mm-hmm. I've heard mixed things. So do you directly consider yourself the creator of Let's Plays? Or yeah. OK, so you just straight up do because I thought <laughs> someone was like, oh, he doesn't like it when people mention that, which is why I mention it because I'm an no, idiot. No, no, no. It's not that it is complicated. Like if you get into the real deal answer of it, because yeah. I, I didn't invent like what Let's Plays are, et cetera. It gets annoying then because then people are like, no, no, it was really something. And I was like, no, 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 it happened on the something awful forums or whatever. And there's for video Let's Play and the things we're calling Let's Play generally with YouTube. Yeah, you can do a direct line, you know, but if you want to get into the nitty gritty, we could talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things like I don't want to be like this arrogant guy where it's like, hell yeah, I did. And you need to get to my <laughs> Patreon or whatever. It's just more like the modesty is kind of confused things sometimes. So it's just like, yeah, fine. I am. Forget it. You know, enough. Yeah. enough. I will say your name actually literally appears on the Wikipedia page for Let's Play. So a friend of mine was telling a story. He was out bowling, you know, like a real life friend of mine. And he was telling his like <laughs> friend, like, you know, oh, yeah, my friend Mike, like invented Let's Plays or whatever. He goes by Sloby. And the friend's like, yeah, right. And invent them or whatever. Apparently later he called him and goes, holy shit. I went home. I Googled who invented <laughs> Let's Play. And in big letters, Google said Michael Sloby. Oh, man used to do that Google instant thing where it would like read the Kotaku article that Patrick Klepek interviewed me about and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, just one of those things, too. Like, I don't want to be like, yeah, it's me because it sounds like really shitty because it's a lot of people who like contributed to it, like Proton, John Kepka, oh, Floyd, yeah. you know, freelance astronauts, all those people. I was actually thinking about like my favorite Let's Players and I was thinking of the freelance astronauts. So I'm glad you mentioned them. Yeah, yeah, no, they were great and all that. Yeah, but they're all dead now. No, I'm joking. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's just sort of like one of those things where I'm like, no, not real. And then people are like, no, nah, it was Chris Chan. I'm like, absolutely not. No, yeah, I that's... saw that. What? I'm not even investigating that. That is not true. It was me. Get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's like where it's like, all right, enough. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Going back to those old something awful Let's Plays, it's funny. Like, I was watching um, one of Voidburger's old Let's Plays, and mm-hmm. she keeps talking about the thread. And, yep. oh, there's a dual commentary track available here. That is just something that I just feel has has no place in our modern world. <laughs> That's the tricky thing, right? Because there's there's that whole like life of it that like went away in a way, like with screenshot. Let's not that they're yeah. away, but like nobody reads screenshot. Let's plays or anything, you know? No, I remember reading some really good ones back in the day. I re- genuinely would love to sit here and talk about Let's Plays. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd be OK with it. Maybe is the point of this episode. People might not read Let's Plays anymore, but people still read manga. That's and true. And we read one <laughs> hell of a manga. So let's get into talking about U19. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. This manga was created by Yuji uh, Kimura. And this is actually the only thing they've done. And it ran from February 13th, 2017 to January 12th, 2017. Coincidentally, that is neither of our birthdays. No. So Mm-mm. a little bit of a shame. Close, but no. One series did start on my birthday last last episode, so that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> I say his birthday is December 31st, so it's like yes. <laughs> that wasn't in the show notes, so it didn't yeah. happen. December 31st, that sucks, right? So sorry. 
I feel like it's a disbalance because like everyone I know remembers my birthday and then I don't really remember theirs. But it's like I feel like it's not fair because my memory, my birthday is a lot easier to remember than the average person's. Well, somebody <laughs> in my family, their, their birthday is Christmas, which I'm like, you know, and not like close family. It's just like, but you know, I mean, where I'm like, wow, that that's awful. And then yeah. and they're like, yeah, it is. Oh. Screw it on presents and everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, you do the double presents. And then uh, my mom actually was supposed to have me on Christmas. And she was like, as a Jew, I'm not letting this happen. <laughs> so she just willed it into existence. I wasn't born. <laughs> that's really good keggles when you can yeah. like hold the baby. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. That's, that's how little I know about that, <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> that whole thing they got down there. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, so this ran for three volumes and 17 chapters. This is the only thing the author has done. So I feel like he is rearing up to make something new if he hasn't just completely quit the industry and made pornography like some of the, you know, if I had a nickel for every. That's that's a common uh, career shift. That is a good career change. I'm thinking about it. But yeah, mm. it is. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know you could make that transition. But yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and speaking of transition, let's transition into about the manga where Jordan had one hell of a time figuring out how to write up a plot summary for this manga. The adults have taken over. Society is focused on beating children into becoming respectable adults, imposing a caste system from S to E. But frankly, they're the garage kids, a secret force of teenagers fighting for the rights of kids. They use their power, which actually is called libido. Yes. Mm. Literally called libido. Yes. I really just pulled my collar right now in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Austin Powers was a manga. That's just what they call stands in this universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Slopey, if you can use that as your six words something. <laughs> There's this kid named Eiji who really likes sewing and is in love with his childhood friend, Sakino but is constantly beaten up and criticized for being too feminine by his abusive teacher, Tan. When a blood test shows that Tsukino has SSS ranked blood, she is forcibly taken to a school for high caste people, and she flips out and awakens his libido powers, a sewing needle named Red Thread. Eiji hmm. is kidnapped by the leader of the Garaeki, who was his classmate, Nanami, the whole time. Popcorn Jordan. Together... IG, Nanami, and IG's friends Susuki get Tan arrested for being a pedophile, which he wasn't, but also like he kind of was, honestly. We discover that the adult party is run by Shiki Yamato, who is adult Hitler. Yamato reveals that the purpose of the caste system was literally eugenics, like literally yeah. actually eugenics, like bloodline purification by setting up a breeding program and culminating in like explicitly genocide like damn <laughs> yeah holy shit as revenge for world war Two, they really said it they basically stopped like a step short of saying the word holocaust mm-hmm. but like they basically got there meanwhile uh Tsukino is assigned a soulmate named subaru a guy who she does not like IG rushes to the school to save her and fights the bioengineered perfect boy created by adult Hitler with the help of a Bancho Gorecki and an alt girl Gorecki, but Hitler blows him up <laughs> because he melted. And there are more perfect melting teens with bombs, but a hacker Gorecki hacks into their bombs and turns them off. Popcorn slow beef. The Gorecki's leader is like Professor X and he can transform into the ultimate warrior at the cost of his life force, and he stops them from <laughs> melting using his vague powers. They were pretty vague, I gotta be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adult Hitler shows up in a UFO, and they blow it up, and the sleepy Gorecki summons a blue whale. These are all cool things that happened in this manga. I'm gonna say this, and I'm not passively aggressing, aggressively correcting anything, but I could swear it's AG fights Subaru. Did I get that right? I'm not so big in a manga. I could swear it's AG. But. I think it's AG or IG. It's like AEG, but that's how, oh, whatever. I don't know. AG fights Subaru, who gets scissor powers and is mad that Tsukino won't be with him. AG refuses to hurt a teenager, but then they connect with each other as humans. They both drop their weapons and AG beats the shit out of him. They then go to the island from Jujutsu Kaisen with their parents and talk about how they're going to win in the next election. And I just want to point out, Jordan said he didn't make any pop culture references, and then he just really upped it in the last paragraph, which I guess he was assuming I was going to read. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one because it was just like, 
It looks like the island from Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Do you mind describing what it looks like? Because not everyone knows what you're talking about. Imagine an island paradise. You did it. Lost in paradise. Oh, no, that is not true. There's one more thing, which is that it is shaped like a dolphin. Is that a Hunter Hunter reference? I feel like there was a lot of Hunter Hunter in this. Oh, there was just a straight up. They stole a scene from the Chimera Ant arc, which I'll get into in Miscellaneous Thoughts. They have like a phantom troop at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of troop, why don't we get into the characters? So, Jordan, why don't you take us away with uh, Mr. Harry Potter Scar? All right. So we got Kudo IG. Now, this guy, he's got a Harry Potter style scar on his forehead, except mm-hmm. it is shaped like basically he had somebody stitched him up and then just poorly removed the stitches. Yeah. It looks like when you take your shoelaces out of your shoe. It's like the kind of scar if you lost a limb in the Civil War, you know? (laughs) Like the Harry Potter scar is a cute little, like, thunderbolt thing. This is a scar. This is a disfiguring lightning thing going through his head. (laughs) Yeah, fucked up. Mm -hmm. He got the scar when he just annoyed an adult as a kid or something. And the adult, like, took, like, a carpet, a sharp carpenter square looking thing or, like, a or one of those triangles, I guess, right, that you do to calculate angles, like, back in the day. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, just like, all right, then, whoosh, and like, holy God, that's awful. And of course, in this universe, it's his fault. Well, it's his fault he wasn't born uh, as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Gary Oldman. <laughs> there was uh, this weird belief in uh, like a, lo- a lot of uh, Renaissance artists and like pre-Renaissance times that uh, Jesus could not have been a child. Mm-hmm. So as a result, they determined, well, he must have been born fully formed, but a fully grown man cannot fit inside of a woman. So their solution was Jesus was just a very small 40 year old man. <laughs> adventures of two foot jesus y'all are like on another level and then then in manga like deep diving because i'm still like on the gary oldman thing like what movie were they talking about was it dracula was dracula not a kid is that a thing you know but literally his last name oh gotcha wow <laughs> no you're you're overthinking it <laughs> your expectations of my jokes are way too high but let's, let's set it down yeah this isn't something awful circa 2008 <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> Yeah, thank goodness is right. Yeah. But anyway, um, IG's like what an activist type, you know, he doesn't he doesn't stand for the shit that the, the adults are doing, you know, when their abusive teacher like forces this girl to take off her cardigan. He decides to wear cardigans himself for the whole school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very anti toxic masculinity. Yeah, he's very proud of his sewing hobby. He's punk. Very anti authority in general, too. Mm hmm. The scar really, like, kind of renewed his, like, you know, sense of, like, not nah, <laughs> all that and I'm learning to sew. So eat <laughs> shit adults, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's an herbivore boy. As we discussed on the Jibby, they're calling him a soy boy. And then his uh, powers are pretty much stone oceans or stone freeze power from part six. I kept getting flashbacks to, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? With that one dude with the arrow who, who he can control, like, with his mind. Oh, the whistle arrow? That's a cool point. So basically what it is, is he's got this needle that is like really cool and looks like an anime sword and it's floating and, uh, you know, connected with the thread and stuff. And then he can basically just control it more or less telepathically. And then it his needle gets bigger when his libido (laughs) as it would. Oh, God. No, let's not finish that sentence. So we did not read the optimal translation, I will say. No, Mm -hmm. the guy really tried, though. He tried. It was translated by this guy. He had, he had like this big translation note where he said, I'm from Indonesia. I didn't notice there was any English translations for it. He straight up said people are refusing to translate it based on ideological grounds, which is mm. kind of funny. And yeah, he he did his best, you know, it's not awful. There's certain parts that are awful. And like, if you took those individual parts, you'd say like, ah, how do you even read this? But like, those things are actually fewer and farther between than you'd think. Yeah, you can work it out. No, so, so we did another series before this called um, Philosophy School and Bokusan both had some very bad translations. So the thing about Philosophy School, the reason why I wanted to point that out is because that this is a worse translation than that. But yeah, Philosophy School is inherently far more confusing. To be fair, the subject matter sounds a lot lighter than philosophy school, so maybe uh, there's there's more room for... (laughs) Was it lighter, though? It was genocide in this. (laughs) Well, it's a less complicated idea. I get what you mean, yeah. 
rather than someone trying to make complex mind game narratives while trying to read a poorly translated series. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Anyway, Tsukino Akari, his his crush slash straight up probably girlfriend, yeah. So he's really in love with her. She wants to do good. She's not very smart, but she has good genes. So I guess that counts for everything. She doesn't really have much agency, despite I really I guess the main thing is she turns down this guy who like really simps for her. Mm-hmm. That dude is definitely a tier three sub for Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, so I, there's not much to say. She doesn't get any powers, which is disappointing because I really thought she was going to. Mm-hmm. I will say about uh, Tsukino, I thought that her romance with IG was like it was cute. Yeah. You don't see that kind of thing in shonen manga. So I don't have like a ton of exposure to anime and manga that like I'm, I'm sure y'all do or as much, I should say. So for me, I feel like I've always seen the stereotype where it's like boy likes girl. They never quite admit their feelings for each other until the very end. You know what I mean? But then this yeah. one, it actually happens early on and that tension's not really there, you know? Yeah, you don't got the girl who's like, it's not like I like you or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just so... It's strange to see like a straight up romance plot in a shonen manga. It's... Yeah, and it's resolved in the first chapter. <laughs> I mean, no, because the romance is that they have to find a way to come back together because society is keeping them apart, David. Society is saying <laughs> that they can't be together. We do live in a society, Jordan. We do. Fair. Anyway, though, I'll uh, get into the next character. Nanami Yuya, who is the class president, he is a solid dude, has the main characters back, and he turns out that he is actually the head of a division that goes against the adults, which is a cool twist. He is ripped, by the way. Just oh, like, he is just totally so sexy. fucking yoked. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got those cum gutters, as they say in Rick and Morty. <laughs> shut, shut, the fuck, shut the fuck up, David. His ability is he can make super duper sharp blades. He uses like a pen, which he uses like a sword. The pen is uh, is a m- mighty, mm. mightier than the... Uh, yeah, you get it. But Slipweave, do you mind telling us a little bit about... Sorry, the first antagonist, the teacher? So Tani, right? According to the show notes, he's an asshole teacher. And I agree with whoever wrote that. <laughs> Thank you. I agree, too. Yeah. He, isn't he wearing that like kind of typical sort of like... Not sweatsuit. I don't know what you call that. Like jumpsuit kind of... tracksuit, I guess? Yeah, tracksuit. Thank you. That's the word. Right. Yeah, no, he's totally a jerk, and he is taken out midway through. It, um, I don't know if we want to get into how and that whole thing. That was that was just not expected. I feel no. Jordan really wants to say what happened to that teacher. Uh, I can save it for you there, you know, because he's like he's a typical sort of like bully teacher. That's um, I feel like I've seen in like eighties movies before, where he's not quite by the rules. Because at one point when yeah. um. Tsukino's like taken away. Kudo's like all depressed and stuff. Like, I'm going to screw with him now. You know what I mean? To kind of like get back at him, I guess, for like, you know, being a jerk in his class and everything like that. So he like does things to, yeah. He's like a cartoon bully. Yes, exactly. And he's not the big bad, as we mentioned. Every single antagonist in the series is cartoonishly evil, which we will get into. They really are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is no subtlety in this series. Absolutely not. But yeah, and then uh, I'll just do the next guy, Hanada. He founded the Garage Kids. He has low vitality. And Jordan, man, this is like, what, the seventh or eighth time where the superpower trades your life force. <laughs> I will say I liked it a little bit more than in Build King, although I like pretty much everything a little bit more than in Build King. Yeah. So I guess that's a low <laughs> bar. Slowby for reference, Bill King was probably the worst thing we've ever read. Well, now yeah. I want to read it, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually the episode we send to people that want to check out our podcast. Yeah. By the way, essentially his libido makes him strong. He essentially wields the fierce deity mask from Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. This is the Professor X Gorecki who shows up. He's got like um, a dot on his forehead, which I think is culturally significant. Mm-hmm. And... His whole thing is that he's extremely weak, but he does the Dragon Ball Z thing when the Saiyans look at the moon where he turns into a giant dude Mm -hmm. and he can undo melting that he can do. And he can also give people his life force, even though he's got like seven years left to undo melting. Yes, that's how he undoes melting. It's not like there's like a glass of water and he touches and ice keeps come back. No, no. Or he prevents further melting is how it works. Yes, Yes, he has the power of a refrigerator. (laughs) <laughs> he does, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I forget whose turn it is. Slowbeef, can you tell us about the the big bad who is the prime minister of Japan? Shiki Yamato? Oh, yeah. He is an old badass looking guy like Bang from One Punch Man. 
he is very evil. And like, I think like you mentioned earlier, he is like kind of actually doing like you think this is a cute thing, like kids versus adults, etc. And he's like, we're doing this to make sure we have a genetically pure Japan. And it's like, whoa, OK. Yeah. Like directly as revenge for World War Two. Yeah. There's one panel that I was I like blew my mind where uh, it just shows him from a slightly lower angle and you see the shadow on his nose, which simultaneously looked like a skull and a Hitler mustache. <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing with him is that we see him like filing his nails. And then the next moment you see him filed his nails into like claws. You know, I didn't even notice that detail. That's really wow. Yeah. What you actually notice first in that moment is the claws. And then you go back a, pa a couple panels and it's like, oh, my God, he was literally filing them in the panel. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good detail. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And then uh, <laughs> why don't we, Jordan, though, why don't you tell us about the last character in the series, the final boss? Oh, Sagawa Subaru. So he is in love with Akari. He was assigned to her as her soulmate. He is crazy, kind of a sex pest. Mm -hmm. And he his libido turns into scissor powers because he is jealous. I think he's like kind of late here, too, to be like a rival, you know, like he's sort of kind of toward the end. And it's like, yeah. let's set this up. And I'm like, nah, well, you know, you don't have that long left. I can see how long this is. It's a common thing in Shonen where they don't really have a final boss and they literally introduce the final boss in the final chapter. Like mm -hmm. we read Tokyo Shinobi Squad, which is an alt right manga that ran in Shonen Jump. And they literally introduce this guy as like his long lost master. So the main character can have his ass beaten by someone in the last chapter. Mm. Yeah, like he shows up. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm your long lost master. Let's fight now. And that's how it ends. And then he just whoops his ass. <laughs> I always like to point out the moment in which you can tell that the manga author knew that it was canceled. <laughs> yeah. I think here that was probably the moment in which IG just rant just decided yeah, I'm just going to go to the school now. <laughs> but speaking of cancellation, why don't we go into why it failed? Yes. Slow beef, though. Uh, what's really kind of something that stood out to you is something that the series just did not do very well. None of the fights are interesting. <laughs> Before, like all the eugenic stuff, I was expecting kind of a light read. And yeah, <laughs> there are fights and there's one huge action section, which is kind of interminable. And they keep introducing new elements. And I just don't care. It's like yeah. there's new characters, like there's new enemies, there's new opponents. Nobody really does anything particularly like they keep trying really hard and it doesn't seem to work because like, I don't know, like there's just one point to where it's like, screw it. Here's a giant bomb that maybe is a nuke. And then that's when the other guy goes saying and he's like, no, I'm huge. I'm just going to eat it. At that point, I'm like, I feel like I've been reading the same fight for 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's it, yeah. it doesn't really work for me. That fight is like the reason why this was so so difficult to uh summarize because mm. it takes up a significant portion of the back part of this manga oh yeah and i was just like wait what happened then mm. what happened in that fight it's it's hard to remember like i think it's supposed to matter more that the prime minister of japan drops an atom bomb after referencing world war ii specifically well, it wasn't an atom bomb it was a nuke it was it only had a one kilometer radius, which you definitely can achieve with conventional explosives. I'm like, David, I'm not a nuke expert, so you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it is a big bomb. And I mean, before that, too, in the big fight, like there's a part where it's like, hey, here's a kid we've been genetically engineering and he's completely yeah. perfect. He only can go for 10 minutes. Oh, he's out of time. OK, well, and he just dies. Yeah. Like this costs 600 million dollars to make him. They didn't know that. Like, that's <laughs> no, no. I thought the scientists knew that. She just didn't mention it. It's not even like a challenging thing. Like, I got to survive for 10 minutes or else. It's just sort of like, ah, I kind of wrote myself into a corner on this one. Whoa, yeah, you know. It's literally that scene from uh, Hercules, the animated series, where Zeus has to be a human for like a day. And he's like in this shitty situation. And like, I think Hades is like trying to abuse it. And then he gets his power back. And like the fates where he found out he was going to be a human for a day were like, oh, we forgot to mention to the time limit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep cut. <laughs> this is a deep rooted 20 year old memory you're never allowed to give me shit for vampires ever again <laughs> hercules animated series is a bit more mainstream I... speaking of things that don't matter this character this series had so many characters that were introduced and were completely pointless 
I, in real time, was cutting out characters from the section because I realized we don't care about the basketball kid or the lady who gets her hair shaved off or the lady who made rumors or the lady who wants to be an idol, which is probably one of those other characters, or the fact that they introduce the squad of garage kids and then he goes on a mission with two completely different mm-hmm. people. And Jordan, it's like Monster Chamber Girls where they kept replacing the main characters with other main characters that serve the exact same purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that this author just should not have included the garage kids because you really don't need them. Uh, like, he sets up a supporting cast in like the first the first chapter and IG develops his uh, his libido power and you could just kind of have the the series be about IG uh, interacting with like this supporting cast but because the author was like no this has to be shown in kids next door he decided instead that he has to like force this uh, this league in there yeah I don't think this author could handle that mm-hmm. I'm with you. Definitely something to talk about and where it could have gone. But um, Slow Beef, is there anything else that really stood out to you, like things you didn't like about it? This was just totally all over the place. Yeah. This is something light and airy. And then like, oh, here's the origin of a scar. And that's like like direct ass abuse. And you're like, OK, that's messed up. Then we go light again and there's the love story. And then like, hey, let's frame our, you know, kind of perverted teacher into like full on like, you know, pedophilia, which he kind of yeah. was. And he, I mean, it was so that was like so like. Like, uh, why are we going here? You know, that whole thing was with the teacher was very strange. Like, it was one of those things where, like, he wasn't a pedophile, but he was it really seemed like he was getting sexual gratification out of how he was beating the kids. He was he was oh, going to yeah. go punish um, uh, his friend and uh, like he's like kind of licks his lip. He's like, I'm going to punish you or whatever. When we actually see the room, he's like, he is like he's gotten tied to a chair and he is hitting him like he's not like doing anything like yeah. sexual. But then Kudo uses his like thread powers to like tie his friend up in. I can't think of the name of it, but that like Japanese kind of bondage, you know? Yeah. That like truss up kind of thing. Yeah. And they all, and all the adult teachers rush in. They're like, oh, Tani, like you're one of those like jerks he's like no what what the heck and the whole time i'm like ah this is really mm, i don't know yeah it's very strange might be a good transition into talking about what it did well sure oh Um, i had more to shit on but okay (laughs) well i do want to say before we do that then i think the author was weirdly like was like kind of trying to say something where it's like oh they don't care when it's violent as long as it isn't sexual Mm -hmm. and then when it's sexual it isn't that they care about the kid it's that they care about like um peering a certain way right yeah which is you know a comment on society This series just, it feels like it's trying to be just a straight up satire in a way that I don't, again, like, I don't think I've ever seen like a shonen manga just straight up try and be like a political satire like this. Mm -hmm. The thing about the characters is that they're so flat because I think they're all supposed to be stand-ins for uh, for groups and for people and stuff like that. And that can work, but the problem is you wind up with a situation where you have flat characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everyone is so cartoonishly evil, but it's not like in a fun way. Like it reminds me of Dragon Ball Z, where all the villains just kind of sit around waiting until they need to be assholes to the main character. Now, hold on, because the mad scientist lady is cartoonishly evil in a fun way. Fine. All right. But everyone. But still, they don't do anything. They deactivate until the plot needs them to do something. They're like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> they absolutely are. <laughs> Two things. This is also probably the one of the most blatant shotgun endings. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen one of those, yeah. Jordan, because I think the last few series just literally like didn't even have any framework to end the series in three chapters. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to point is their ultimate goal to take back Japan was to win via elections. Right? So they are saying <laughs> we're going to overtake this dictatorship of elections because it's not like they're going to rig those elections <laughs> exactly no oh my god it's so funny like you're reading this and and you're like wow this is a this is a manga that's like read a, read a lot of like uh, social philosophy and political uh, <laughs> like there, there's a weird undercurrent where it seems like the guy has gotten into like leftism and anarchism and stuff like that and then it's just like oh we'll win the election <laughs> we just need to have convince 56 percent of the population or yeah. something Dude, yeah, they can like rig elections pretty easily. I don't think that you should think that like this adult government is going to uh, allow you to have a free election. Yeah, and it's just I'm still imagining the fact that adults are in, what if adults were in charge is the theme of this series. <laughs> what if politicians were bad? <laughs> all right. But anyway, all right. Uh, Jordan still really wants to talk about positives because I guess he liked this series. So let's move into what it did well. 
Jordan, what made you so excited to want to talk about positives about the series? I like how this author is trying to, like, say something. There's a lot of manga that just really don't try and say, that really just doesn't try and say shit, you know? At least this guy, he's trying to make a point, and I respect it, and I think that he has, that he does it in, like, some pretty interesting ways. Like, um, the general idea behind his approach is to say that, like, the way that we raise children is focused on making them feel like they must be respect uh, respectable and if you do yeah. not match this criteria then you are useless and you are dragging all of society down and we judge your usefulness based on your scores in high school when you're literally under 19 years old and then he, he ropes in the fact that like a lot of adults you t- a lot of older people you talk to them and they're like oh they treat t- kids too nice these days mm. when I was a kid we got beaten and we liked it and we got we turned out all right and what he's saying is that like you know if you extrapolate that those ideas and that logic it's like so your idea is that if you are deemed as not useful to society then what you know and he and of course he takes it in a completely cartoon in like a very cartoonish way to illustrate his point i found that really fascinating to see in in a shonen manga like he put a lot of thought into this and you know the series falls apart in a ton of other ways Oh, yeah, it just did not know how to write this topic in an interesting way. I think it did for a little bit, but it fell apart. Also, the art's really good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. talked about in the chibi. It's it's got a really fun art style that looks very shonen, but it doesn't look like every single other thing that ran in Shonen Jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a giant blue whale. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it uh, it was that was fun. Oh, they had um, uh, the Gareki who summons the blue whale is like this uh, girl who's always sleeping. And I liked her a lot because <laughs> yeah. usually when you see characters, uh, especially girls sleeping in uh, in manga and anime and honestly, cartoons and movies mm-hmm. and shit like that, they're sleeping in a very attractive way, you know, but not her. She is drooling. She's making weird faces. She's just <laughs> like not photogenic at this moment. I loved that. <laughs> It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I also do still like how series for some reason took on toxic masculinity as a theme. And that was really cool. Yeah. Mm. And then how about you, Slobby? What what did you enjoy about the series? I enjoyed the whole time. It kept me guessing why it was called U19. (laughs) Yeah. No, but actually, it's funny because like when you were mentioning like some of the deeper themes it went into, I wasn't sure where it was going in a lot of places. So it kind of kept me guessing in like a good way. Yeah, it goes light on stuff when they went to the libido thing and you realize like, okay, this isn't going as creepy as I was a little worried about, you know, like, yeah, seems like it's going to be like cute and funny. And then, yeah, they get into these themes. And so it's like not by the numbers. I do like how it played with convention. I mentioned earlier the whole like normal love story is subverted, you know? Yeah, I was really happy with that. I found it was really unpredictable and interesting in that way. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people have have this idea that like there's a a correct way to write manga and make manga and there is an incorrect way. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that this series, I mean, I guess you could say it's because they did the incorrect way, but I appreciated Mm -hmm. that it was going in a different direction and it was doing so with high quality art. Like it didn't seem like this guy was just doing it because he was like completely incapable or anything like that. And it was cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I like the ending. It was just kind of cool. He got his girl very John Hughes inspired, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's how John Hughes would have made an anime or a manga. <laughs> <laughs> the John Hughes manga. <laughs> but uh, speaking of where things could have gone, it'd be better. Are you guys cool if we transition to that topic? Let's do it. Yeah. Slow beef. Beyond, you know, having John Hughes be in charge of this manga, what would you have really said they could have done to have made this a better series? I feel like the pacing and the structure could maybe have been a little uh, tightened. Well, tightened up. I think like if you restructured it, it could work. Again, I'm not super familiar with Stone and Jump and the the manga in there. So I don't know if that's like a function of that part of it, you know, and like an early cancellation, things like that. But I felt like there's a big fight sequence that kind of comes in the middle and is super loaded where it's like, was this meant to be broken up into multiple actions? 
action sequences like and like we mentioned before like characters are introduced and not a lot's done with them and then new characters are thrown in so it's like was this like the framing of a much bigger thing and would it have worked out better if like the author had kind of taken a step back or maybe was given the opportunity to say like okay I know how long this is meant to be I'm gonna put this part here this part here this part here like there's like some untapped potential I think there you know yeah they get kind of a three chapter notice like hey we're canceling you in three chapters you got to end it pretty soon and yeah I knew when it was like okay the big bad guy the Hitler analog is showing up here this is now the final battle right we would have absolutely gotten to know who these uh, who these Gorecki are we didn't even learn anything about the Gorecki like Mm -hmm. what the fuck are they (laughs) how does their leadership work is there a Gorecki bureaucracy I don't know I, I would have liked to have learned more of that I completely agree Tell me more about the gamer guy who's upset that uh, the boss is like destroying his PS4. (laughs) Yeah. His libido power, he could plug in a controller to anything and control it. I was like, that's very cute and funny. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't you show that sooner? I mean, that was the whole thing is that this guy for some reason kept rotating the cast for no reason. Like, okay, so this is a weird idea, but I feel it would have been cool if like everyone in his class, including the teacher, was actually a member of it. And like not everyone knew that. (laughs) And they just would keep like randomly running into students and like they would have to like pretend that they weren't on missions. So it was like just pretty much like dramatic irony of the series. And like even the teacher was like the head of the organization and stuff like this random ass kid. (laughs) I like that because it also like it would give the uh, impression that there's like kind of an underground resistance of kids. Yeah, that would have made the whole thing feel a little bit bigger. It would have made it feel a little bit more like integrated into the world. Yeah, I guess we just needed like 10 more characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just imagining based on our conversation, the best would have been if someone's libido was they had, they had the Benjamin button. So they were actually like 14 years old, but they look like they were 80 years old or something. <laughs> that was like their mole in the in the Japanese government. I thought that's what they were going to do, actually. <laughs> seems in hindsight, it seems so obvious to have a character like that. Well, because they had this one moment where there was like this really elderly dude in there who was voicing a concern at um to like the adult Hitler guy. And then like immediately. Oh, by the way, by the way, every time that uh, the bad guys are having a meeting, IG and the garage kids are watching the meeting on like a TV screen because they apparently have a mole in there filming it. <laughs> so I thought they were going to be like, oh, that elderly dude because there's an elderly mm. dude who gets completely blown off by uh, by the big bad guy. And I thought that that was going to be their mole. And it was just going to be like a kid dressed up like a really old person. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. All right. Did <laughs> you guys ready to go to miscellaneous thoughts? Yes. Sure. So, Jordan, what was your first miscellaneous thought? Libido. OK. Live in libido loca. I had to, like, uh, Google this to make sure. They are kind of using the Freudian definition of libido here, Mm -hmm. which is that it isn't just uh, sexual stuff. I mean, it's Freud, so of course it also is that. Sure. But it's the idea that, like, uh, libido is, like, your desire to do anything, basically. It's just, it's basically just your desire and your virility. So it's literally, like, Gurren Lagann. Oh, Gurren Lagann, what a great show. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to say this definitely channeled the Chimera Ant arc in some parts. So like when mm-hmm. he gets attacked by the super teen, it just straight up is like, oh, the main character, he tried to fight, but you could see the fear. And I was like, this is just literally the Chimera Ant narration style. The Hunter Hunter narration right there. Yeah, I do also want to say I don't think we properly uh, nailed this home. After the perfect boy melts, there are then three more perfect kids that are just created yeah. who also have to melt and also have bombs in them. It's so stupid. And then, like, I, you know, it's like, oh, we can save them because the one's got the the. You, I think we can like anti melt that guy. I can't think of his name right he now. He hacked into a bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Here's the thing. The hacker is an otaku Gareki who decided to name their their uh, libido my world. <laughs> and what what I liked is that they said, "Wow, a libido with the power to control space," which I think is like <laughs> a direct reference to JoJo, as opposed yeah. to a stand with the power to control time. Like I was, <laughs> I, I liked that actually. <laughs> that was pretty good. 
Yeah. Um, and then a very minor thing I liked before I forget is they actually showed the main character's mom actually looking like a 40 year old woman, <laughs> which I think this and like My Hero Academia are the only ones that their mom just doesn't look like she's 25. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I fucking love Deku's mom. Best character in the whole show. I appreciate that she realistically gained weight while she was going through a lot of stress. She's so good. I love her. <laughs> Yeah, except my hero is a garbage fire right now. Uh, slow beef, though. How about you? Did you have any more miscellaneous thoughts? Generally speaking, I never got over uh, things being called libido. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it. And, like, you know, I, I guess even, too, when, like, at the end when, when he gets reunited with Suniko and, like, his, like, needle gets even bigger, I was like, maybe I'm just being really immature, but I'm like, wow, yeah, that's, hmm, that's a thing. <laughs> it's, like, this weird in-between thing. Like, I don't think it's, like, herving on the, on the kids, yeah. but it is definitely, like, making a reference to sexuality and, like, awakening stuff, like an awakening libido. Yeah. Like, it's definitely doing that. One, like, weird thing, which, like, I don't know how, maybe, like, I'm totally, like, trying to get something nerdy that's not there, but her name is Tsuchino, and they mention a Tsuchinoko in it, like, that mythical, like, snake that's in every video game, and I don't really know what it is, yeah. and I'm like, her name's really close, like... Hmm. What is it? Tsukino, her name yeah. is. And mm -hmm. it's like, they had a O, which maybe means kid. And I was trying to make that work in my head, but I don't know if it really did or not. So, no, no. I, no. I mean, I don't know. Let me know in the guy, comments. This... No, I'm kidding. But I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave, a, leave a comment <laughs> below on this podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure you hit the little bell so YouTube knows. <laughs> yeah. Our YouTube videos are just a static picture of audio because that's all we know how to make. That's all they need to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slopey, thank you for being such Aww, a great guest. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, uh, Jordan, we haven't talked about Bulge at all. So there is Slopey. We reviewed a manga that's name was Bulge. Mm, yeah, that's mm. unrelated. But I just want to point oh, that out. Oh, okay. I was like, what does that? Ha what does that have to do? Oh, with that's actually completely relevant because it's by the guy who made My Hero Academia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's called. It's actually called Bulge of the Warring Planets. Please get it right. <laughs> Bulge is supposed to be like a reference like Battle of the Bulge, mm -hmm. which makes sense. I think if English isn't your first language, that seems like a fine name for a series. Sure. Much like how libido makes sense for, uh, for yeah. superpower if English is not your first language. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's go to Final Verdict. How's that sound? Sure. Let us kick things off with our libido filled six word summaries from the community. First is I'll be U19, more like PU19. Fucking got him. Ooh. <laughs> The author's not coming back after a burn like that. Oh, oh. my God. T. Wolf, who sadly is not listening, oh. but is always in her heart, said teens fighting Nazis with sex drive. Yeah. T. Root, in dystopian Japan, horny bonk you. Nice. Or actually, I think he said to say it in a Russian accent, so let me try again. Yeah, please, David, say it correctly. In dystopian Japan, horny bonk you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I post said the flop that started a genre. Oh, yeah. Have we have we talked about how? Um... Oh, shit. We didn't. We talked about the chibi. Okay, so basically, any manga that gets canceled before hitting 19 chapters, mm -hmm. they say that it has joined the U19 club. Really? Yeah. For this one? Wow. Yeah. I think it just kind of became a meme. Shonen Jump, like, promoted it a ton, and then they still canceled it after, you know, like, four months. Yeah. That is because the, the author, like, couldn't, they were like, where are you going with this? All right, for, you know, we tried. He said, I don't know. <laughs> it's like that scene from McGrubber. It says, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Nobody could, like, wrap their head around this manga. Nope. It was just, like, too galaxy brain for them. Yeah, you have to have a very high IQ to understand U19. <laughs> and yes, I have a red, <laughs> a red uh, thread tattoo, but only the ladies <laughs> shall see it. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, let me keep going. So <laughs> generic man says minors in libido, but not that. <laughs> yes. And Tucker said, oh, T-Wolfwood is here. Why did I pretend that T-Wolf wasn't here? I love what you, the fuck, David? Yeah, I fucked you up. piece of yeah. shit. Who is that? Oh, God. <laughs> I just uh, checked to see if my bets on the Super Bowl paid off. Oh, who won? Uh, sports. Oh, cool. So I, I have no idea. And then Tucker's was the So-So's So-So. That's really good. Mm. This, no, I believe it is the So-So's So-So-So. That's true. Also, that is not six words, Tucker, so we're going to have to talk about this on our team meeting. Wait, yes? No, if you hyphenate it. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, we're going to have to argue about this. I had to. So tell me which one you like better is Kids Next Door's Bizarre Adventure. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
And then my other one is because I can't pronounce the word, so I pronounce the word so wrong. So I said it's deaf by Susu. <laughs> I do like that. You know, I think that is really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer in ideological sloppiness in service of the joke, so I think that totally works. And I, I added the word ideological there, even though it doesn't make sense, just to sound really <laughs> smart. So it's awesome. You did it. It's like how Reese's Pieces is, requires <laughs> you to pronounce both words wrong mm-hmm. to pronounce the word officially. <laughs> it's a good idea, and it's executed well. <laughs> my six-word summary is, my drill will seize the means. Of production. No, that's Red Sprite. Well, you know, you know. Yeah. Red Sprite, I think, is still the most vaguely political Shonen Jump series we've read. Ah, well, define vaguely. Well, that one's the metaphor for the foundation of Israel, if you're unfamiliar with Red (laughs) Sprite's low beef. That's vague, huh? (laughs) Yeah. That's a series that's hard to wrap your head around. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's another good one to listen to. And then, uh, Slow Beef, what are your two six word summaries? I came up with, uh, they kept teasing creep, but thankfully, with the tasteful ellipses <laughs> trailing off there. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And they did. And then one which I was on the fence about, but what the hey I'll do is yeah. the red thread of er age. As in to be the perfect kind of age, the best age, the er age. As in the red badge of courage from the old novel or whatever. Oh, God. That's right. Who needs diabetes? <laughs> he rubbed off on you. Not diabetes. That's right. It's like he was here all along. Oh, yeah. We did just watch The Thing last night starring Wilfred Brimley. There you go. Yeah. Diabetes is great, but I don't know if the series is so great. So, Jordan, was this a flop or not? Yeah, no, this is a flop. Certified? No, I enjoyed reading it. I really appreciate a lot of what it does. The art's great. I thought that it was really cool to see somebody try and say something with their manga. Mm-hmm. And there are some instances where I think it did succeed and I enjoyed reading it. But no, this is a flop. This is absolutely a flop. There's there's way too many just flaws that you cannot ignore with this series. You just can't. I completely agree. And then what should someone check out instead, Jordan? So if you want to check out something instead i would suggest uh this show called codename kids next door that (laughs) on cartoon network it is a great series it was a cool idea (laughs) it really came out like 10 years too soon to really be the kind of series where i could have seen it have like a very extensive like like plot line yeah because that was it was made when you couldn't really have a show like that that is true. Everything had to be, like, serialized? Yeah, like, Gargoyles was, like, the only kids cartoon that really could get away with it. I guess Gargoyles did, huh? Yeah, Gargoyles was great. We'll start a Gargoyles podcast. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Slow Beef, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, was I included in that? Yeah, all right, yeah, I'll start. What the heck? Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You'll be our first guest. <laughs> He's the third host, David. Oh, there Maybe we go. Maybe it's just my podcast, and you both can guest on it. Gargoyles. I'm happy to be on your pod. Absolutely, yeah. What the heck was I saying? I say flop. <laughs> you know, look, I wanted to like it. I thought I there was too. a lot in it that was really interesting, but like it just doesn't it doesn't get there. You know, it's ultimately kind of a mess, I think, you know. I think that's the big issue with this. It's a series that I really wanted to like. Yeah. Even through the whole thing, just like there's like, oh, I just wish this was better, but I just yeah. can't in good conscience just say that it is. And then Slow Beef, though, what should someone check out instead of reading this? VR pornography. <laughs> okay or the game forewarned is really good by the way but yeah everybody check out ultra kill that's a good game yeah jordan just fucking plays that nonsense. all i do is play ultra i really kill. would recommend forewarned but yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway though for my opinion i think this is a flop i was thinking about i wrote certified flop but i really was like i think this is something we would call certified flop in our first like six months of making it before we knew just how bad a manga mm-hmm. could get there is so much worse than this this is absolutely yeah. not right. the bottom of the barrel like it's in the barrel but it's not like it's not through the barrel like Build King or Bokusan. I know. So, though, I, I feel like this uh, was actually inspired by the HB Bomber. The H, is it HB Bomber guy? Is that his name? H Bomber guy? I was watching his H Bomber. His Sorry, I was watching his, his review. review. Yes, his H Bomber on Ruby. He reviewed uh, H Bombs. Yes. And so he was talking about how Ruby utilizes a lot of techniques, but it doesn't understand why, which made me think of this, too, where this is someone who was very clearly inspired by Iraqi. Yeah. But he didn't understand the things Iraqi did to make it work. Like on paper, there's a lot of things about Jojo that are terrible. Yes. In this series has it where it's like, that's really cool, like a string power. Oh, man, we're going to have like really blatantly evil people and everything's going to be really cheesy. But he didn't understand why that works in Jojo. 
I mean, to be fair, David, I don't think anybody understands why that works in JoJo. Yeah, JoJo just doesn't make sense how how JoJo is great. <laughs> I don't know why that's a good series. It shouldn't be. It should be terrible, but it's not. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so on that note, I would say watch part four if you want to watch the best part of JoJo or part six if you want to see someone of the exact same powers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Watch Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and then uh, since this wasn't a certified flop and it was a flop, we can just simply say this is just kind of in the middle and it was near a competitor for best or worst series we've ever read. I would say it's one of the more interesting series we've read. It's the most series we've ever read. I don't have uh, like a lot of context for what you both have read. You know, even though there's a whole podcast I can listen to now. <laughs> yeah. Hey. This feels like it could have been fixed, like you could have made something better out of it if you'd taken a little bit of this, moved a little bit here, that kind of thing, you know, like there is like good components here. I think this guy really needs an editor, mm -hmm. like really needs an editor. But it's interesting because last week we covered Black Torch, which was a very well made series mm -hmm. that was kind of just the issue is it's generic and there's really nothing about it that like sticks in your mind with mm -hmm. this. This is a manga series that is not super well made, but I'm going to remember this one a lot more than I'm going to remember Black Torch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't like low hanging fruit of what to fix. It's stuff you've seen a billion times before. Just done well. Yes. But you know what else has been done really well? This podcast. And some things that we're going to give shout outs to. So let's migrate to the shout outs. Slow Beef, I want to start things off by saying thank you so much for giving us your time and being on the show. It was a lot of fun recording with you. And do you mind telling the audience a bit about where they can find the awesome things that you work on? Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Oh, awesome. I still make content with uh, Twitch on twitch.tv slash slowbeef. I used to do a lot with a guy named Diabetes, and we still do stuff together, and I've uploaded it at my YouTube channel, which is also youtube.com slash slowbeef. It's actually the top playlist called Beef and Beatus Do Things. So if you like <laughs> some of our old stuff and you're like, I wish they still did stuff, we do. It's there. Go check it out and please subscribe to him Woo! and follow him and look at it and all that fun stuff. And uh, he is the underscore Beatus. I'll give I'll give you a plug, you jerk, on Twitch uh, on twitch.tv. Um, other than that, I have hopefully have a game coming out at the end of this year whoa, whoa that's sick yeah, holy shit I, what kind of game it's a survival horror we're trying to uh, marry the sight jacking mechanics of forbidden siren oh that was a great game uh, we're trying to marry that with Jinji Ito's hanging balloons so it's about giant heads that are trying to kill you and you have you can look through their eyes mm. and stuff Holy shit. That's really cool. I thought it was one of those things I'm like, that'll be easy to make for a game. And now like over a year and a half well, in with like two other people, or I'm not even like like five other people. I'm like, wow, this is hard to make video games. <laughs> what are what are you doing on the game? Well, I'm a computer programmer by trade, so I do I am doing Unity programming, but I'm actually doing a lot of 3D modeling and animation, which is totally new to me. Whoa. This is not going to be a triple A thing per se, but like we're going for like PS2, PS3 kind of aesthetic and it's mm -hmm. working out better than I thought. And it kind of creeps me out. So I'm like, I think we actually might have something here. <laughs> is that a VR game? No, we're considering it. We have uh, one person who's interested in it. It's like a stone Ooh. soup kind of project, too, where everybody like kind of joins to bring their own oh, thing. Okay. But it's um, it's called Atama right now. Um, So, you know, we're shooting. Is it like first person? Yeah, it's first person. I was imagining it's like third person and you jack in and you have to put on a VR headset. And it's like one of those ideas that sounds really cool. And then if you played it for like 10 minutes, you'd be like, this is really annoying. I really love Siren and it was born out of like, I wonder if I could make a VR version of Siren. And there's a lot of logistical <laughs> issues with that, which I won't get into in the plug section. But the point is that it gave birth to this idea. So, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to talk hear more about it um, while we're uploading the audio and stuff. Sure. And then is there anything else? Uh, I mean, those sound like some really awesome projects. I'm also known for the Police Knots ROM hack, which was um, I did mm -hmm. the programming on in the sky from JunkerHQ.net. Yes, uh, Mark yes, the yes. Translation on. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of working on uh, Sega Gaga also at the same time because I was I really like White Whale kind of like vaporware-ish projects. So Sega Gaga? It's like this weird game Sega made when the Dreamcast was on its last legs. It's like I remember it. Don't you play as like the CEO of like a game company or something crazy like that? You talk to the CEO of Sega and like you talk to old Sega characters. It's yeah. weird. It's almost like I can't believe I've never heard of it's this. It's so weird. And like I found out why it never got translated. And the, it's such like a big technical challenge that I'm like, I don't want to get into it. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully that goes somewhere. But 
That's awesome, though. Yeah, I definitely want to hear that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, probably none of these will like, <laughs> ever get finished, and I'll just be a big liar. But at least now I'll be stuck Aww. to them. No, I, a Tom is coming long enough. I feel like I can plug it, and, and I'm still, yeah, so. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, if uh, you have a link to a trailer or anything, we'll definitely put it in the show notes. No, sure, yeah. Is that on early access? It's nowhere yet. We're still Aww. in like development mode and stuff. We have a closed alpha, you mm-hmm. know, um, to get some feedback on that. Ooh. We listen to people. We'll see how it goes. But we're, we're looking to try to um, release by October this year, 2022. So. Oh, frick. Yeah. The is on record as saying that it will look exactly like Death Stranding. It will be better than Death Stranding. OK, better than Death Stranding. Better than um, Doom Eternal and every other game. Yes. What's that game you're obsessed with, Jordan? Uh, Doom Eternal. No, the one that you literally talked about at the start of this episode. Loop Hero. No, the FPS game. The one that's like DMC, but it's an FPS. Oh, wait. Death Loop? No. No, Ultra Kill. Kill. Ultra Kill, Ultra Kill, yeah. (laughs) It's Ultra Kill. All right, so on that (laughs) note, I also want to thank Jordan for creating the opening and ending theme, being a great co-host, and helping with editing. On the note of how Jordan has made the opening and ending theme, he also has a really awesome music project he's working on right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've decided that I've been making a lot of music digitally, so fuck it. I would like to get into video game music, so I'll post my SoundCloud, I guess, below, like every single person on Twitter does every time they have a good, uh, have like a viral post. So yeah, I don't know. If you like it and think that'd be cool to be in your video game or indie game project, I don't reach out. Mm. Yeah. Jordan, maybe we should have like Patreon. Uh, one of our tiers, you'll make them a theme song. I'm not going to commit to anything right now. <laughs> All right, Jordan's committing to it. Oh, no, I can't handle commitment. <laughs> Sounds like you've got someone to do your entire OST for your video game. And for yeah. free? Amazing. He's actually going to pay you. That's how much he loves working with you. Thank God. I'm so excited to work for exposure. <laughs> this is so great. Not me. I just won $8 from the Super Bowl. Whoa, really? Yeah. What are you going to spend it on? Uh, eight scratch-offs. Gotta keep that train going. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you clearly got big luck now. Let's keep yeah. it going. <laughs> anyway, though, uh, to get back on track, because I think we're definitely over time, but it's all right. We're having a lot of fun. I want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Thanks to Luke for being our community producer. And thanks to T-Root, Ozzy Rat, and T-Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah. We're still working hard on the new site, but it and the transcripts will be available soon. Yes. And then, Jordan, is there anything else you want to say? I would like to thank you, David. Oh, thank for you for, edi- for editing this. Thank <laughs> you so much, David. Oh, no problem, babe. Aww. And then uh, you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And just a heads up, Spotify now has reviews. If you're enjoying the show, we'd appreciate it if you took 30 seconds to give us five stars. If you've done that already, you are the best. You thought we were joking about like, rate, and review, weren't you? Yeah, it actually we matters. Ain't. No. <laughs> I actually hit up my friend that works at Spotify and he's going to see what he can do to help us out. He's got connections. Holy shit. Yeah. And then uh, be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. And we also have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in the show notes. For those curious, the next movie night is going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I'm really excited about that. I like that movie. Ah, so that's the winner. Gotcha. Yes. Great movie, yeah. And then um, if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks ranging from exclusive mini episodes on things like Mago-Chan, PPPPP, and Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. You can even listen into us on recording. We've actually had three patrons listening right now. And you can even help us pick what series we're going to cover next. And I want to give a thank you to our Chainsaw Man and King of the Forest patrons. Woo! So first, I want to give a thank you to Pterodactyl Ghost, Mwahaha, I, David Nealby for Jordan Senpai's vast skills, our Chainsaw Man patrons. Thank you. Then moving to our King of the Forest, we have Albie, Gabe Lando. It's day 34 and the horses have accepted me as one of their own. Bellas begin snuffing out my flanks. We shall grow ever closer. I don't know how I got that in one take. Kylie Denton, Mark, Matthew Solvich, Marty, Overrated Apples, Rachel. Rachel actually upgraded her patron for her as a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, slow beef. Rachel is David's nice. girlfriend. <laughs> No. <laughs> she was a three dollar patron. She went from three to eight dollar patron as a Valentine's Day gift. That's awesome. Uh, I know, isn't that love? Yeah. <laughs> Scarlet Mirmidon T the BBB King BBB the. You did it. I did it. I got it. Oh man, I, this is really like damn. I really finessed that list. I'm proud of you. 
And then if you're not ready for a regular commitment, consider buying some merch. We have a lot of awesome shirts, including the much requested Gomez Moon and Mashable Punching Harry Potter shirts, along with the cover art from this episode and a portion of the proceeds go back to the original artist to boot. And I have one shout out. I uh, made a friend this week, Jordan. It was a big week for me. What? I was like telling Rachel, I was like, oh, well, you're busy studying for finance. Let me go make some friends in New York. And the top post was like, I live in the same area. He was like in the same area as me. And he's like, I love anime, board games and like comics. And I was like, I should hang out. So we got coffee and hung out. And that was really cool. So I want to give a shout out to Sean and his project, The Daily Drunk Mag, daily pop culture, writing from writers all over the world. You can find them on Twitter at Daily Drunk Mag and their site, DailyDrunkMag.com. Is he drunk while he's doing it? Oh, yeah. He's fucking blasted. Cool. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's the my drunk kitchen of uh, <laughs> of uh, millennial blogs. God, I remember that show. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week as we give our first thoughts on a certain series involving balls and dragons. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Sloby. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>